It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Through their eyes, our special series featuring Utah teenagers discussing current events on Utah's Morning News with Tim and Amanda. Such a pleasure to get a chance to sit down every week with the most interesting young people and get a chance to discuss news topics with them and find out how they feel about what's going on in the world. And this week, I have Zach and Jenna. Welcome, welcome to both of you. Thank you for coming. There is so much going on in the world that I'm not exactly sure where to begin, but I guess uh, with your forgiveness, I will begin with impeachment, which has been going on for weeks and weeks, some would say years. <laughs> um, I'd like you to speak to me, Zach, uh, in whatever way you'd like to, what you've learned, uh, what your impressions are. You, you can talk to me for as, as briefly or as long as you'd like. What do you take away from all of this? Well, First off, the impeachment is something that like is very interesting. And and I love learning about how interesting the government is through the impeachment and like through this process. Uh like the impeachment, you get to see a different side of the government through it. You get to see the impeachment side of the government cuz I'm still young, I haven't seen like the impeach I don't remember the impeachment of like Bill Clinton of or anything. Of course not, you wouldn't. And so like for the first time this is like a a member of our government, specifically our president being impeached. And he was in fact impeached by the house, which was something very interesting to see. So we do get to learn how it'll go down in the Senate. Uh but something that I think we are seeing a lot of is how partisan this is. This is not a bipartisan issue which is also very interesting because you get to see both sides of the story. It's not both sides are united against the president. It's very divided. Uh, just as Abraham Lincoln said, a house divided against itself, against itself cannot stand. And does that concern you moving yes, forward? It does concern me. I do think uh, it is a little concerning, especially when you hear stories of them breaking the rules or not calling for specific witnesses or not letting a certain side in. Um, and of course, it might just be me, but I love when the rules are followed. And so when you see sides breaking the rules or slipping in impeachment articles, like that's very unfortunate to see, mm. especially for someone like me who loves the rules. So this for you, this was a classroom where you were watching the Constitution come to life in a way. That's what I'm hearing from you. Is that a great is that the right way to describe it? Yes, that's exactly what happened. How to add to that, please. What what did you take away from this, Jenna? I think this showed a lot of what our leaders true colors are on on both sides, both Republican and Democrat on on every part of it that we saw their true colors through this and and in a way we almost saw them acting like children. I think that this really bothered me and a lot of other youth and adults and everyone in general just because of what Zach was saying about what Abraham Lincoln said, that a house divided against itself can't stand. So going off of that, it it bothered me to see the divide in the country, to see that we were in, that our leaders were being selfish, that they were, that everything was for their best interest instead of them doing it for the best interest of the people of America. 
So what would have been acting in the best interest of the people of America, in your opinion? Honestly, the the whole reason that this went down was just was just like I already said that it was so selfish. And I think that taking action in a different way that wouldn't be so detrimental to America, that mm-hmm. instead of solving the problem rather than jumping to, you know, the worst possible solution. What will you take away from this then, Jenna? Are you hopeful or do you feel discouraged? I think there's a little bit on both sides. I think that, you know, we don't know exactly how this is going to end up. Um, But I hope that our country can learn from this mostly, that we can learn from our mistakes, that we can see the vulnerability that we had during that time and how scary it was for a lot of people. Um, But I also, I hope that it turns out in the best way. Because the country has been so divided in recent years, even families unable to speak to each other, come to family gatherings, because if one person voted for Trump but the other one did not, that would be enough to separate a family. Now that this impeachment process is over, do you think we could set that aside, Zach, and come back to each other or no? You, you bring up a great point, uh, like specifically like my family, like it's it's hard to talk politics because we've got both sides, uh, sp- specifically a on lot my of dad's families side. do. Pardon me for interrupting. Yeah. But a lot of families. do. So so many like I, like I love all my family. I love all of my cousins. But a lot of us disagree um, on on areas. And so it really comes down to like we're just going to play risk and we're not going to talk politics. And that's how it goes. Um and I think in the future, I'm, I am hopeful that, like, families can reunite. But I also, I'm a little worried that it won't happen. Just because once you start down this road, turning back is going to be hard. You've, there's a lot, there's a lot of, like, healing and connecting that a family will have to do to, like, come back together and strengthen itself. Can your generation show us something in that regard. So you see your parents' generation arguing, sometimes endlessly. You watch television or listen to the radio and you see the vitriol, the angry words based on politics. As your generation comes up, can you show us the way to get back uh, to kinder words, to working more together? What do you think? You know, I really hope so. I think that it starts with connection, with even just connection as, connecting as small as like sharing memes with each other and thinking that they're hilarious. Just starting with a small connection that is eventually going to build, that's going to build friendships, that's hopefully, you know, the dream is to go nationwide someday. Um, but it starts, it truly starts with connection. And I think that our generation has a special connection that we could go either way with. And I hope that it just grow stronger are all of your friends like-minded yeah i think that i mean do they have to believe the same way as you do politically oh no no and that doesn't determine a friendship um but i think that what we're talking about is that when it gets in the way it's really hard and it's it's the problem of figuring out how we can agree to disagree yes my fr- I've got tons of friends, um, and I'd say it it doesn't matter because I've got friends who on both sides, 
Uh, I've got a friend who's a complete anarchist, believes in no government, and I've got a friend who believes in, like, all government. But, like, when it comes down to it, we're still friends. Um, And a lot of the times we will, like, set up periods when we'll discuss our ideals and, and we'll actually, you know, go into debates about it. But at the end of the day, we all still love each other. We're all still friends. We all still pull out, pull out you know, the board games. Uh, and it doesn't matter what our beliefs are because we're all just so connected to each other. It's connection. That's the word I'm hearing again and again from both of you. All right. I'm going to change topics but stay on politics. This was a fascinating question. There was a poll done, and here was the question. There's an article in the Deseret News, and the poll was, would the country be better if Hillary Clinton had been elected? That was the question. So I'm going to start with you, Jenna. And you might have looked at the article, so you know how Utah answered that question. It might have been answered differently in other parts of the country, but in Utah, the answer to the question, would the country be better if Hillary Clinton had been elected, was no. The country would not have been better if Hillary had been elected. How do you look at that? I mean, obviously, my opinion is going to come from, you know, political views as well. And and we are taking the answer from a red state, from a straight state that voted for Trump. Um, so I, I guess my question, do you want me to, to give my opinion on what if I you, think? If you feel comfortable doing yeah. so. Yeah. I think leading up to... Like the whole 2016 elections was so shady and and there wasn't a lot of trust that was going that was filtering through Hillary to all of America, any part of America. And so I I would agree with what most of Utah said. And again, I'm 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 from Utah, so I'm I'm naturally going to agree with what they say. But I truly, I truly agree with that, that there was just so much shadiness going on that we don't know how that could have played out. And here we see. We see what came out of Trump's shadiness that came out it was a whole impeachment. So what would have come from Hillary? You know, I just I feel that there wouldn't have been enough um, enough communication, enough of enough trust that would have gone through her being our president. Mm-hmm. I hear that. Zach, what do you say? So I going into the election, I would have voted for Trump um, just specifically because of what family and friends had said. And I agreed with a lot of his policies um, but and then after his election, I was really happy with with the way things have gone. Uh, like if we look at the economy, it's better. Um, if we look at a couple of years ago when North Korea was acting up and Trump uh, put him down and then Trump went into North Korea, shook hands with Kim Jong-un. Trump has just done so much that I approve of. Um, we're not in World War Three. We calmed down that situation. Uh, the economy has just been going strong less unemployment like i am i was going into the election in 2016 already putting my money on trump and then trump has already just done so many things we're not in a war like everyone said we would be the economy is growing i'm just proud because what we voted for happened it worked everything is going well so i do think specifically because that we have a good economy we're not in a war that trump did it right are you a voting age may i ask uh, in 16 days. Oh, wow. So will you be voting for the pre- for the president? Yes. This day? May I ask, are you of voting age, Jenna? I will be by the time we're voting for our and president. Will you be voting for the president as well? That's the plan right now. That's I still the plan have right some now. research to do. Research but, to do. All yeah. right. Um, uh, all right. I want to ask you a question because I thought this was so interesting. I'm not sure how many of our listeners saw 
uh, the story about a football coach. Were you were you interested in this story that I shared? There was a football coach who was being interviewed by, I think it was a school newspaper, and he was asked, who do you think uh, uh, a great leader was? Um, or who did you, you know, if you had to name a great leader, who would you name? And he named, he said, I'm not sure how this is going to go down, but I think Hitler was a great leader. He was put on administrative leave by the university. Um, and when I posted this on my Facebook page, because I, I thought I, I struggled with his naming Hitler as a great leader, a lot of people on my Facebook page said, well, Amanda, you don't have to agree with what he did in order to say that he had some leadership qualities. But this, this isn't about what I think. But you can see where the argument is, is coming from. I want to know what you think about what he said and what he's arguing. I guess I'll start with you on that one, Zach. Well, okay, so reading into this, I'm very anti-Hitler, right? Pro-Jew, uh, super proud of my ancestors who fought in World War II. However, I had ancestors who fought on the German side as well. And so my grandma was born in Germany. My great-grandpa drove trucks for the German army. Now, that is really interesting. So you're coming at it with some sensibilities on both sides. Yes. Not everyone would talk about that. Please continue. So, so my great-grandparents on my dad's side were from Germany. And so they were starving people. The, it was the Great Depression. And so it was follow Hitler or die. Luckily, my great-grandpa had a driver's license, so he was able to drive trucks and didn't have to fight anybody. But I do – he hates Hitler just because of the the amount of government control and just the amount of pressure that they put. They even dragged my great-grandma in. The Gestapo took her in because they thought that she was sending money to America. And so they they all hated Hitler, but they couldn't do anything about it. And so I've got both sides there. Um, but I think something that's interesting about this story, uh, specifically about the wording, is he does first out call out Hitler as evil and bad, which I think is good because Hitler is evil and bad. And luckily he doesn't use the word good because the the words good and great are different. I don't know if you've ever read the book Les Mis, but the priest goes up to Napoleon and says, you're a great leader. And Napoleon says, well, you're a good man. And those are different, right? You can either be good or you can be great. And so I do think that the teacher did some things that were okay by some of his wording, first off by calling Hitler um, evil and by not using the word good. But I will say he's in a position of power. He's got influence, and that is not a name I would use. So I do think that the school is able to restrict him there because they are his employer. Um, he's He's got that influence, and... In my opinion, there are there are way better leaders, good men, who you should look up to, um, and so that's that's my opinion. There, mm, I hear you. All right, what do you think, Jenna? I agree a lot with what Zach said. I think something that Zach didn't talk to that didn't talk about that plays into this is the element of respect. That this is still a very sensitive topic. The Holocaust, everything that happened with the Jews, just everything that went down in World War Two is still such a sensitive topic. There are people still alive today that that were alive during that time and and the memories and the scars of that time are still alive and well in their minds. Um so while what he said that he was a great leader, that he was a smart man whatever, there's 
there is a big element of respect that goes into that that was not okay for me, which I think is what is bothering a lot of people. What was so disturbing about that was that he took someone that is the evilest villain in everyone's eyes and gave him a characteristic that made him almost look good, that he almost justified Hitler when when he should have been sensitive about it, especially in a school setting, especially around, I don't know, was it high school? It was college. It was mm-hmm. college, just around these young. Was it college? I think it was college. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what it is, but mm-hmm. still around these developing, you know, young adults or teenagers, wherever it was, that this is just something that needs to be taken, taken just so seriously with the utmost respect. I appreciate your points of view. This is through their eyes on KSL News Radio, and we'll be right back. This week on Through Their Eyes, Zach and Jenna are here. And I want to ask you about this interesting case about um, the separation of church and state when it comes to schools. Isn't this a fascinating question? Um, The question is, can public scholarships be used at religious schools? Or is that a violation of the requirement of separation of church and state. So I guess, Jenna, I'll start with you on this one. And This is a, a, a difficult question and one that I think more than just Idaho is grappling with. And as the Supreme Court takes a look at, at this difficult issue, I know there are many people in Utah who are following this case to say, you know, is it okay for a state to fund a religious school in any way with scholarships or to support them in any way? Or is that stepping over the line of separation of church and state? How do you understand this? This is a very difficult question. And that's why it got brought all the way to the Supreme Court. For me personally, I believe that the state funding religious schools should not be a problem. And that is because, well, okay, so I think that if they are going to go to religious school and be able to graduate from it with a diploma, with a degree, whatever it is, that they still, there's a, there's another factor, another purpose that plays into that school that this state can absolutely fund and be all for. And I don't think that, that just because there's a factor of religion playing into it, that that should detract from the education of that and from the state supporting that. So you're focusing on the educational function of the school and not the religious aspect of the school. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. What do you think, Zach? So I agree a lot. I I do think that because you're going there to get educated, that you should be allowed to get the scholarship. I don't think that you're taking away from the public to go do your own thing. I mean, again, you're going to be graduating from college and... And I would almost view any college as that any college that can give you a diploma that can get you into the real world and say, you know what, this is valid as as acceptable. I mean, if it didn't give you, you know, a diploma and it didn't fulfill uh, like college courses and and the stuff there, then I would say, well, then it's not a college and it shouldn't be used for for public funding. But where this school, you know, if they do give out, you know, the diploma and if you're if you're learning everything there that you should learn, then I'd say, look, it's fine. Because one way or another, they're going to learn. And if they want to learn at this specific school, I think that's awesome. So I am totally in favor of letting the public funds go to religious schools 
because one way or another, this person is going to get some funding or they're going to try to get educated and you just go to whichever school you want. So. Mm, I hear that. Okay. Interesting. Um, all right. This was fascinating to me. I'm going back to politics now. Did you find this interesting? So uh, she, as of the, I should say, as of the time of this taping, because we don't know if anything uh, will have changed between the time we're talking here today and the time someone might be listening to this. But as of the time of this taping, Tulsi Gabbard is still a candidate for uh, president. And it came out a week or so ago that she had filed a $50 million lawsuit against uh, former Secretary of State and presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. And the reason is because um, Secretary Clinton had said something to the effect of that uh, Tulsi Gabbard was the Russians' uh, first choice among the Democratic candidates. Um, that the Russians favored her for a number of reasons. Um, and that was such a slander on her character, et cetera, that she filed this uh, $50 million lawsuit. What did you think when you saw that, Zach? Well, so, am, I, am I setting it up correctly as yeah, you understand no, it? That's totally how I understand it. Um, I, think, I think the other thing that I might say, though, is, is back in, 2016, in the 2016 elections, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, endorsed Bernie Sanders and not Hillary. And that is something else to be aware of. So, like, from the beginning, they already weren't friends. Um, and so I, I don't think that it should be a surprise that Hillary Clinton's like, look, I don't like Tulsi Gabbard. You know, she just because, you know, not endorsing her in the 2016 presidential election, um, not that it amounted to anything. I mean, Hillary still got to go against Trump and lost. Um but as far as being called, you know, a Russian agent or a Russian spy, like, you know, that's hurtful. Someone's slandering your character. But I'm not sure if that's worth $50 million. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting that I wasn't able to find is I wasn't able to find a direct quote of Tulsi Gabbard saying that she wasn't a Russian spy. Not that I believe that she is, <laughs> but I didn't find a direct quote of her saying, I'm not a Russian spy. That's interesting. And so... Um, I, I don't I, – I think that's very funny uh, specifically because she's not going against that. Instead, she's doing a law case for $50 million. And and I don't see how $50 million is quite worth a couple words. Um, but, hey, you know what? It's going to fund her campaign, right? Um, so I think it's very interesting. Uh, it's just very interesting uh, to see, like – what effect your words have on people? Because Hillary Clinton said something, and all of a sudden she's getting sued. So I do think that this is that this could almost be um, a case of of free speech. Mm. That um, in this case, uh, the Hillary Clinton could say that this is her free speech, and she can say whatever she wants. So if she were to say something like that, I would say, you know what, Hillary, I think you should win this specifically because this is your free speech. Mm. And I don't see how a couple words um, can really harm someone, especially when uh, Tulsi Gabbard endorsed Bernie Sanders and it did nothing, right? He still lost to Hillary. And so I think everyone has their free speech. And I don't think that a couple words are worth $50 million. What do you think, Jenna? I agree with that with Zach. I think that this whole situation is just ridiculous. I think the way that Tulsi Gabbard just 
blew this up into something and, and that we're putting so much energy into a few words that Hillary that Hillary said that it's it's what Zach said. It's not it's not worth fifty million dollars. It's not it's just not worth that. The energy, the effort, the time, everything going into that is not worth it. It's just it's just so ridiculous to me. And I'm like I'm a seventeen year old girl, a senior in high school sitting in, in Utah and and I feel like for me to think that's ridiculous, how many other adults and, and people who have to be involved in this just think like why? Do you think that Hillary Clinton saying that had any effect on Tulsi Gabbard's chances for the Republican nomination at all? I think it could have. Do you think that, Zach? Um, I, I do think that it could have some effect. But I also think that Tulsi Gabbard isn't the strongest candidate out there. Hmm. I do think that there are stronger candidates, and I think that's what she should be worrying about, is not what people are saying, but about the other candidates. Now, do you think the fact that she's a public figure makes it something where, you know, a person can say almost anything about a public figure unless it's malicious or flat out untrue, unless there's malice, you know, uh, they're protected by that standard. So in this case, since she's a public figure, there's, there's a different standard here, as I understand it. Does that matter in your in the way you think about it as well? Uh, not sure. There's a standard, um, and I would I would say you know we should always you know be kind to people, and of course if you're just making up lies like that is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like everyone's been calling everyone a Russian asset since 2016, and so it's like you're finally on the bandwagon. You know, you've made it. You know, achievement unlocked. Russian asset. And so I almost feel like because it's been out there so often and calling people Russian assets or traitors that that it almost isn't as big of a deal if it were like the first time it happened. It's almost not a factual accusation anymore. It's just hyperbole. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I think this goes back to what we were talking about with the whole impeachment scenario that that it boils down. It boils right back down to the divide in our country mm-hmm. that. I mean, for me, I still can't get over the $50 million. Like, that's just so ridiculous. Um, But it does, it boils back down to the divide. It boils back down that we are constantly at each other's throats and that that's how it's going to be until a change is made. Before the time is gone, I just wanted to ask you, and and if this is too personal, you can just tell me, mind your own business, Amanda. But I just wanted a little peek into your world uh, over the last week with your permission. And so the question that came to my mind is, if you'd feel comfortable sharing it with us, what is the most important thing that happened to you in the last week? Would you be willing to share something along those lines with us, Zach? Yeah, of course. Um, So... The, this week is actually not a lot has happened. That's okay. Um, I, tell me an average thing. But, I just want to peek inside average, your world. An average thing. Um, uh, this is specifically me. Uh, I was at a debate tournament and I got eighth place, and that was. I was very happy with the placing. I went up against some very hard people. I had a ton of fun. Uh, for me, that was probably the most important thing ever. Oh, that's fantastic! Now, a debate tournament. Who does this involve? Help us so, understand. Get us inside the debate tournament. Okay, so because I'm homeschooled, this is specifically homeschool kids um, from the Wasatch Front, and so we were up uh, actually down south at Canyon Grove Academy, mm-hmm. all competing against each other, um, and we were 
debating topics on foreign policy. Um, really? And, what was the what was your topic? So specifically on my foreign policy, we were asked so many questions from Iran to North Korea. Really? Yeah, it was it was very fascinating to see what what you would talk about with foreign policy. Did you have a partner or was it just you alone? It was just me. Wow. I am high-fiving you from a distance. That, what, that I'm impressed by that. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. All right, Ms. Jenna, if you, whatever you feel comfortable sharing, let us have a peek inside your world. Yeah, I, this past week on Friday, actually, I got to close a show that I had been working on for a few months now. What show? It was Once on this Island over at Center Point Academy. Once on this Island? Yeah. It was, it's a really interesting show, and it was interesting for a bunch of white kids in Utah to be putting on a show that is originally about Samoans and supposed to be an islandy show, um, but we pulled it off, which was a miracle. Um, and what was your role? I was ensemble, which at first, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't happy about. I was really, you know, just, there's kind of a stigma with ensemble sometimes. Um, what does that mean? I don't understand. I'm not a theater person. So ensemble basically is... When you go and see a musical, you've got your lead roles, the people with the solos, and then you've got your your dancers, the people in the background who create a whole scene and a whole mood. Yeah. Um, and that's what the ensemble is. I see. Um, but yes, I was very just not into the show, not into the show. And it finally clicked a few weeks ago. And the whole meaning of the show is just kind of that all good things come from love. And so taking something from a show and, and closing it and just having the whole feelings of closing night that that when it comes down to it that everything comes from love forgiveness comes from love you know just everything every good thing comes from love i'm so touched by that so not only were you giving of your talent and performing but you also took a profound lesson for yourself personally from the performance yeah that's extraordinary thank you um I'm going to try not to get emotional, but I appreciate very much you sharing that with us. I'm sorry it's not still running or I would come to see you in the show. <laughs> when you are in another show, will you let me know so that I could have a chance to see you? I would like that very much. I would love to. All right, doggone it. The time is up, but please come back and see me, both of you. I'd like to do that again sometime. Zach and Jenna, my guests this week on Through Their Eyes, and we'll see you next week.